Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. that you control 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call that's 603-283-6160 but we do have some uh caller on the line with you in the studio tonight for this episode of free talk live it's me bonnie jay noon and mark edge and i'm gonna go straight into the phones because we have a caller who I scheduled to call in because he has a very interesting presentation. His name is Bear Arms. Bear, are you with us? I'm with you. Can you hear me? Yeah. What was it you wanted to tell people about today? I, I did go to your presentation. It's very interesting when you did it like live and keen. What, what was it about? Yes. Well, um, I've been promoting this idea of uh, lawful tax avoidance. And uh, recently I put together a a uh, small book. It's about 26 pages plus three pages of reference um, on the tax on federal income, which is what we're supposed to pay later on this year, or many of us, um, in April. So I thought I'd get that document out there for your audience to um, look at, read, and uh, ponder while they decide what to do um, with their financial futures and so forth. Well, I am working on getting logged into the Free Talk Live Twitter, and it's just at freetalklive.com, and then I'm going to post it in there so people can check it out. But what is it? What does the f- tax on federal income mean to you, Bear? Well, uh, we've been taught since birth that there's two things that we can't avoid. One is, one is death, and the other is taxes. Well, it turns out... Um, the second part of that statement is not exactly true. In fact, um, the whole tax scheme has been um, pulled over us as a deception from probably from, from about around the time of World War One and World War Two. Um, but the the tax on federal income, or commonly known as the federal income tax, was established as an excise tax all the way back in 1863, I believe. Uh, to um, to support the Civil War. And it was, for a time, uh, revoked, and then it, w- it came back later known as the uh, 16th Amendment. So um, in my book, uh, we talk about uh, what the federal income tax is, and it is, in fact, the tax on federal income and is not the federal tax on income, and that is the most important distinction and then secondly... Well, uh, what is the distinction between federal income and income? Federal income is a species of income derived from a federal privilege. For example, 
federal wages are federal income. For example, corporate income is federal income because corporations derive the benefits of trademark protection, uh, perpetual um, existence, and also limited liability protection. So they owe the federal government an excise or a cut of their action. Um, and income in general is defined as a gain made from capital and or labor together. So income is something that you are entitled to. However, um, the way that the word income is used in the tax code, it specifically means federal income. Um, and that's what my book also uh, uh, talks about. Well, I'm going to let you pr- plug the book. No problem there. I just have, uh, sure. well, I guess my biggest concern is is that I have some friends. Have you heard of a man named Larkin Rose? I have. I, I've have you heard of a man work. named Erwin Schiff? Yes, and I and I have studied both of those uh, people, and unfortunately, they didn't get it right. They really didn't. And uh, as much as they well, let me let me let me tell the audience who they are. Um, There are a couple of men who have gone to prison with uh, you know a line of uh, you don't have to pay in you don't have to pay tax because you know the federal government doesn't have it exactly right. They're pulling the wool over your eyes, you know that kind of thing. A shtick that sounds very similar to what you're saying. And I'm not saying that there's that I don't know. I'm not a tax expert, but um, you know. I think that it's um, it's worth pointing out that people in the past have tried something similar and it hasn't worked. Hey, uh, Bear, could you yeah. uh, maybe uh, brief a little bit on uh, e- either Larkin or Erwin Schiff? I'd like to hear where Larkin went wrong. I kind of understand where Erwin Schiff went wrong. I've uh, studied his thing, too. I wasn't even aware that Larkin Rose uh, had an uh, IRS issue. Well, they all go wrong because they forget to actually read the code and understand the code based on the words of control, the controlling words of the code. And this is something that took me a while to figure out. But uh, in the book, I say that there's about 3.8 million words in the IRS code and another probably four or five million in in the uh, IRS regulations, which are the regulations derived from the statutes. And so in all, we're talking about about 8 million words, and there's no way that one person could reasonably read and absorb all of it. However, all 8 million words and every single definition of those 8 million words are derived from four words. And, and this is something that I think I figured out on my uh, on myself, by myself, and, and it's unique to a part of to, to the part um, that I'm presenting to the crowd. And those four words are P-I-S-S, all right? Property, <laughs> income, service, and source. Those are the four words upon which all IRS definitions are based. For example, um, in uh, Section 3401, we have a word it's called wages, And wages are defined as remuneration for service, okay? Um, So the word service, the word service means government service. And and you will know this once you read the book, um, that the word service means that because, first of all, you know what you say say to veterans to, to thank them? 
you don't thank them for your, their protection. You don't thank them for their hard work. You thank them for their service. And so the word service means government service. And I lay that out um, clearly and in the form of a proof in this book. Uh, and the other word is source. And that word is not, not defined anywhere. Um, and that word, it took me a long time to find. But the word source means government sources of revenue. And where you could you could find that in the constitutions of the original 13 states, and you can also find that in the U.S. Treasury um, revenue breakdown that they have on the Internet uh, on, online, where they describe sources of government revenue and sources of, um, of government income. Um, so that's, that's something that is unique uh, to, to, my, um, to my academic studies. Uh, so how long have you been doing this, and how's, like, yeah. t- tell me about the successes. Sure, absolutely. So first of all, I'm not the first one to do this, and I don't want to take credit from the crowd that has been doing this. And if you go to a website called the Lost Horizons uh, backslash bulletin board, you'll see, which, by the way, is referenced in the book that I, that I have on page two at the bottom, you will see that over the last 20 years, uh, since about year 2000, or maybe even earlier, thousands and thousands of people have been doing this, and thousands and thousands of people have been getting their money back. Now, you asked about me. Getting their money back? Yeah, yeah. From the federal government? It. Yeah. From the uh, federal government. And, and do we, ha- we have pictures of checks and things? It, that's exactly how it's posted. Yeah, they have scanned okay. pictures of thousands of people with their checks, not only from the federal government, but also from the uh, state governments. And give me uh, that, give me that website one more time. Yeah, well, it's uh, let me let me read it out so I'm not um, losthorizon.com. Wait, losthorizons with an s dot com bulletinboard dot h m or h t m. And uh, again, it's, now, it's in hold the, on. I, I want to go. Um, go ahead. You go, I'm sorry if I didn't. Uh, I didn't mean to talk over you while you're giving the thing because um, I have more yeah. questions. Please go ahead, Barry. Sure, uh, of course. You know, by the way, your questions are good. I'm I'm prepared to answer all of them so that there would be full uh, disclosure. Um, um, but let me answer the rest of your question, which is what was been my experience. Well, my experience is that I started doing this in 2016, which has been a full seven years, and. The first year, I got my money back. In addition, they added interest to the check that uh, that they sent me. Um, moreover, um, the your viewers might might want to know that the IRS prosecution has a six year maximal um, uh, statutory statute of limitations. So, um, I'm pretty sure that at least for the first couple of years that I've done it, it's it's beyond uh, repair and that. Res- in that regard. Not that they can't come after me in theory for other ones later on, but I can also sh- um, show you what we've done in terms of um, replying to the IRS and how they have responded. And those things can be uh, seen in the videos which I reference at the end of the uh, book where it says uh, credits and references. You can just click on the, um, the videos. My fundamental question, um, what it all comes down to, uh, is don't you think the people in the government, if they were writing the laws, 
would write the laws so that everybody had to pay income tax. Isn't that's what they want? And you would claim that's what they want, right? Um, they want everybody to pay income tax, but your claim kind of um, pivots on, well, they didn't, they, you know, they, they can't do it because this word means this and this word means that. And, but I mean, these are the head liars, right? Like they're, these are the liars, the whole, that make the whole thing work. And these liars can't manipulate the language in such a fashion that the rest of us have to pay tax. Well, they have manipulated the language. What the problem is that people have not been diligent enough to follow their manipulations and so if um, and I want to address your point directly, because that's that is also in the book uh, that I wrote and, and specifically the chapter on I wouldn't even call it a chapter, but specifically it's a chapter on controlling words. And those are the four controlling words that they cannot redefine. Now, I'm going to tell you why they can't redefine it, because of certain Supreme uh, Court decisions and, cost, and and principles of constitutional law, namely that uh, it is elementary law that every statute is to be read in the light of the Constitution. And but the Constitution, word, I mean, you said it no, yourself, I'm, it was a 16th Amendment that changed the Constitution. So no, presumably, actually, if... What, what's actually, that? Actually, it did not change. It did not change the Constitution in any significant way. What it did was to clarify that income from all sources, whatever derived is taxable. Now, to understand that statement, you have to know what the word sources mean. And the word sources is one of the four words which is in the definition um, that they cannot define or redefine. And I'm trying to uh, convey to you the reason why they cannot define that. And it's based on uh, about uh, five or six Supreme Court decisions. And I'll read it briefly. So if you if you would give me a moment. Oh, go right ahead. Um, and it, it goes something like this. It's it, so long as law. everyone understands that this is not the, this is the advice of Bear and not the advice of Free Talk right. Live, because yeah. I don't know. No, 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 not at all, not at all. I find this it very is, interesting, though. Go ahead, Bear. This is not a this is not advice. What this is is opening the door for your viewers and your listeners to see what's out there. They can make up their own mind as to how they wish to um, uh, use this knowledge. Right, but it's a it's a it's a it's an amount of knowledge which accumulated over many many years, not just by me, but by but by Americans across the country. Little parts and bits have put together, and now I've summarized it. And and if I may, um, I'm just going to read the part where it says the that the Congress cannot redefine the words that are used in the Constitution. So it goes something like this. It's elementary law that every statute is to be read in the light of the Constitution, and every word must have its due force and appropriate meaning, and no word is to be regarded as unnecessary or needlessly added. The Constitution is a written document. As such, its meaning does not alter that which it meant when it was adopted. It means now. And then words in the Constitution must be read with a gloss of experience of those who framed them, and would receive the significance of the experience to which they were addressed, a significance not to be found in the dictionary. In other words, um, the, the Constitution is not only the supreme law of the land, but it forms the basis of all dictionary terms in the legal dictionary in, in American law. Now, 
Moreover, since Congress cannot invoke the power or the sovereignty of the people to override their will as declared in the Constitution, Congress cannot by any definition and may adopt redefine the words in the Constitution because it cannot by legislation alter the Constitution from which alone it derives its power to legislate. This is that's Eisner versus McCumber. So my point is those four words, if you look at where they come from, let's say the word property, since we haven't touched on that, the word property comes from two places in the Constitution. The first place is Article 4, Section 3, Clause 2, and it says Congress shall have the power to make any needful rules or regulations respecting its territory or other property belonging to the United States. That's the first place that the word property is used. And that property is distinctly different from life, liberty, and property, which cannot be deprived of without due process of law, and private property, which cannot be taken without just compensation under the Fifth Amendment. So if you look back at the, um, the Supreme Court decisions, which I read, it's quite it's quite telling that there's two kinds of properties that are mentioned in the pro- in the Constitution. And it is only the property in Article 4 over which Congress shall have the power to make needful rules. But what property is that there? I mean, what, what property is, is Congress able to make laws about? Because it seems like they make laws about all the land that exists in the United States, it right? Seems. It seems so. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Well, Bear, and I also know that you were there at Ian's trial, and we had uh, long conversations and and talked, and you saw him get found guilty of four charges of tax evasion. Yeah, but, I mean, in that case, they just had to convince some dumb jury people to say a thing. They didn't have to prove something. It's not like they had to actually prove something, and it be confirmed that it was legal for him to go to jail. They just have to convince a bunch of, I mean... people who how much time do i have to spend in jail to prove bears uh theories correct so so let me let me because you're um because you're talking about ian and his trial yep. and especially his charges of uh i believe well, it was failure to what file. i would like to, the point i would like the point i'm file, trying yeah. to make about ian's trial is is that don't expect anything that remotely looks like a fair trial or for a jury of 12 your peer ignoramuses to find you guilty or not guilty simply because there wasn't evidence or whatever and also he had, he had a lawyer and all the people i've known that have been convicted they've all had lawyers hmm. I mean, yes. it's really the bottom line. Uh, right. <laughs> e- I've seen even, people who don't have lawyers get convicted too, but sure. Yeah. But I can I, I can tell you I know of uh, some personal family members. Three of them, they are all charged with the same exact federal crime. My father, my uncle. I'm sorry, my father and my grandmother. Two family members, and, and another guy who actually wasn't a family member charged with the same exact crime, uh, aiding, abetting a felony flea prosecution. My dad did not have a ha, did not have a lawyer. He he defended himself. My grandmother and the other guy they had lawyers. The, the the people my grandmother and the other guy got convicted. My my father did not get convicted. He wanted his jury trial, and because lawyers are, are, are by definition like you, they're definitely incompetent uh, when it comes to defending your rights. In fact, they can't defend your rights. All they can do is represent a fiction, represent a fiction. So uh, then my dad actually wrote the appeals for the other guy and my grandmother. Um, and, uh, you know, within about 90 days, they were both out of jail. Uh, you know, yeah. the appeals were overturned. 
So anyways, go ahead. Here's one thing that, that um, people don't realize is that lawyers are good at factual manipulation and manipulation of words. However, one thing they can't challenge of the court is jurisdiction. And the fact that uh, there is a failure to file uh, charge before that, that even Ian was convicted on, there's a couple things you have to know about that charge. That charge did not have jurisdiction. Um, and that's one. And number two, unfortunately, Ian's lawyer did not fight that charge um, at all. And so he would have been found guilty of that with 99% probability anyway, because by the time you step into a charge like that, having failed to uh, uh, challenge jurisdiction properly, I would say, um, the chance of being found guilty is, is extremely high. And because lawyers can't challenge jurisdiction, that pretty much means that he couldn't win that on, on that on those charges. Now, let me just describe what that would mean to uh, challenge jurisdiction in the case of failure to file, um, because your, your listeners may want to know this. Now, the United States Tax Court, uh, if you go to their website, it says in Section 7441 of Title 26 of the United States Internal Revenue Code, it is hereby established under Article 1 of the Constitution of the United States, a court of record known as the tax court. Now, what I just told you is that being established under Article 1 of the United States Constitution means that it is a legislative forum over which Congress can make all needful rules and regulations respecting the presumptive property, whether or not it's real or fiction, that's, that you're alleged to have. Okay, there's the jurisdiction part. It's presumptive, it's alleged, and it's not even real. Okay, and then the other part is that um, if regard that is regarding the property, property doesn't only mean um, things. It doesn't mean a brick of gold or a bar of silver or, or Federal Reserve notes. It also means rights. So, for example, if you have a corporation, you have exercised a property right belonging to the United States, and therefore the corporation is subject to the to the tax on that on that excise on that excisable privilege. Um, Are all the employees of the corporation also liable to pay income tax, or is it only the corporation itself? So uh, you're you're mixing a couple of words here that that I want to. Uh, Make sure that viewers understand, uh, or rather, your audience understand. We should get into it in the in the next segment. It's 603-283-6160. More from Bear Arms on Free Talk Live is coming up. 603-283-6160. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. 
My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. USA News Update. Former President Donald Trump took part in a town hall last night with Fox News. Meanwhile, he plans to personally address the court during closing arguments in his civil business fraud trial in New York, a rare move approved by Judge Arthur Ngoren. The final Republican debate also taking place before voters in Iowa head to the polls next week. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley taking the stage. Someone needs to tell former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie that the mic is always hot. The former GOP candidate did announce that he was suspending his campaign for president while he was in New Hampshire yesterday. However, he made comments before he made that announcement about Nikki Haley and about how she was, quote, going to get smoked, unquote. Corey Myers, USA News. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Appreciate what we do? Help us advertise, market, and promote for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. one 
1-603-283-6160 is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. And I'd like to tell you that Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency made for spending. You can pay your bills with Dash at spritz.finance. Plus, they can send dollars to your bank if you still need those for some reason. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay Noon. And Mark Edge coming to you remote from a remote location in Florida. And we had more to talk to Bear Arms about. Bear, you just put out your first um, book file about legal or is it lawful tax avoidance? Lawful tax avoidance, yes. Well, I I wanted to go back to a question Mark asked that Jay and I were discussing during the break that I still feel hasn't uh, been answered. So Mark asked you, why do they write it this convoluted way where they don't really have the authority to take taxes for you, but they do because people don't question it? Why do they do it this way instead of just saying, we have the right to well, the Constitution talks about men. Well, we have the right to tax all men of all of their actual belongings. Like, why don't they just do it that way? Wouldn't it be easier for them? And people would accept it. I mean, the average person, I say, would. Right. They already accept it. I mean, the, the no. income tax is 99% accepted. I would, I, would, I would beg to differ, first of all. Uh, the income tax is not accepted by 99% of the people. In fact, a lot of people I know... Uh, don't pay don't pay any in- income tax. They actively avoid, actively and lawfully avoid the income tax. I've never participated um, in that particular scheme. I said ninety nine percent, and um, well, uh, you know the reason I hang out with you guys is because you are definitely not part of the ninety nine percent. Well, uh, you you got it. So then we're definitely not paying that in- income tax. But I'll tell you what, uh, and I will I say this: I have looked into the income tax, and it's probably around fifty percent, five zero percent of Americans yep. pay income tax. Now, mm-hmm. many Americans are below the age of working age. Many are above the age, uh, working age, and many are married. So it's really hard to tell exactly how many, but somewhere around. You know, say forty-five to sixty-five percent is, from what I can tell, is paying income tax. We're, we're trying to make that number a little smaller because I believe that the income tax, the real reason for the income tax, is to shrink government and not to expand it. Because if we define the, um, the define it as the tax on federal income, and if it were pro- popularly known as that, then the government would have to pay about 25% more for the same labor they purchase from the labor market, thereby shrinking it. It also is a is a advantage for corporations uh, to pay for labor and not for uh, service, which is a big difference, by the way. Um, by paying for labor, they get to expand their company and use it as a tax de- deduction, whereas if they say they're paying for service, then they're saying they're paying for government service and they're and thereby... They are bearing false witness against their hardworking laborers, and uh, that's actually not not lawful at all. Because bearing false witness, as you know, is is against one of the Ten Commandments. Um, now, before the break, you had asked me a question: Do people who own the corporations, as well as their employees, 
uh, are they required to pay the federal income tax or the tax on federal income? Now, that's when that's when uh, we have to go into this concept of um, of um, uh, of of a logical fallacy, something called a syntactic ambiguity. In other words, where language may be interpreted in more than one way due to the ambiguous sentence structure or the definitions that are used. In law, that's called equivocation. It's called an equivocation fallacy. And what you proposed was a question using that fallacy, even though you may not know it yourself. And it comes in the form of uh, asking about the word employee. Now, if you look at the word employee, it's it's commonly thrown around. But legally, legally, it's defined at 3401 of Title 26. And an employee means a government employee, an office or an officer of a corporation. So think about that. An I'm, I'm thinking about how many times the um, the accountant has told me that I have employees um, and they're, that they're they lying. weren't working for the government. Accountants are like lawyers. They're, they're super incompetent. <laughs> All these people who have these, you know, government paperwork and college certificates, I just find the more uh, letters that they have after their names and the more, you know, certificates of achievement they get from institutions, the more incompetent they are. Um, uh, well, yes. look, th- this is so one thing. Um, like, there's this group of people that y- you. Bear, uh, Jay, Bear, perhaps Bonnie. Um, there's this group of people that that knows the truth, or at least has some inkling of what the truth is about the tax code. Let me ask you: How many people on the other side? How many people within the United States government, or even um, you know, people who aren't in the United States government, know the truth about the tax code? And perpetuate the lie because I have never met one. That doesn't mean that it's not true and it doesn't mean they weren't lying. I'm just wondering is it a small, tiny, tiny little cabal? Are most of the federal government employees um, who are paying income tax tricked into this? Um, I mean, so, just. Yeah. So let me explain that. And, and I wrote that on page 26 and I answered that exact question. And, and it comes from an Upton Sinclair quote. And it says, and he said, it's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on not understanding it. So all those tax lawyers and CPAs out there, the reason they exist is because they're, they're quote unquote, protecting you from the, the greater evils of taxation. And if that, if that taxation, the evil of taxation were gone or if it were properly applied, then they wouldn't have a job. Okay, it, it, it's that simple. They don't want you to know the truth, even if they do want to do do uh, know the truth. I'll give you, and an I'll example. accept that, Bear. I think that's reasonable uh, to accept it because I, my uncle, who's a CPA, is yeah. likely not lying to me about what his beliefs are surrounding yeah. the tax code. But my question is, how many of them know? How many of them out there, when I file this paperwork that says, give me my money back for all those years of taxation and all that money you got from me to drop million-dollar bombs on $10 tents on people around the world, give me that money back. How many of them are going to know to give me my money back? Again, I would say it depends on their intelligence and it depends on their experience. Um, and I would say that in general, not, not, the, not whether they, they could know, but whether they do know right now, 
they they probably do know. I would say about 20% of those guys do know what's going on. Um, you know how I found out? Just to give you an idea. I found out because I used to be an employee, an elected official, well, not an elected official, but, but an officer of the United States. So I found out through working, uh, by working with, for the federal government about this. Okay, so this is not unknown to, to, to people, and anybody who studies it deeply will very soon understand this. Bear, were way, you in the military? Is that where you? I was. Yes. I find that that's a different class of government employee. Um, You know, the O class, the E class, government employees are definitely, they're just different creatures than the G class uh, government employees. If people don't, if people don't know what the difference is there, Bear does. Yeah. I lived on a military base that was mostly civilians for the first time in my life as a late teenager, early 20 something year old. They are different than all of the military people I used to live around in a huge way. And they don't care about anything. And they just want to do the least amount of work possible, the government, um, like, contractor types, and then go home. And they don't want to help you. They're like, Entitled Ugh. bureaucrats oh, that my do God, not care at all. Yeah. That they're just cogs in the machine. So, so Mark, uh, you said earlier that your uncle was a CPA. Have you, un- have you thought about what the word CPA stands for and what they really do certified public accountant certified public accountant in other words what are they certified to do they are certified to account bring back joe all right that is why they don't know this stuff because this is not public your income is not public your income is private and that is why they're reading an entirely different book than than um than what we love you joe Jay, stop. That's totally, or not Jay Noon, but Jay Freeville is doing that. So I don't know how to stop it. Jay's not doing that. Joa is. All right. So anyway, uh, talking about the CPA, the CPA is one who is certified in accounting for public things, not certified private accountant. Okay. Certified public account. That's why they are in, they're doing the internal revenue code. They don't account for, Things that are external, for example. By the way, the word internal, the word internal means within the United States. And by saying within the United States, you're really saying within the District of Columbia. And and these things are actually defined in the tax code itself at Section 7701 under the definition of a United States and the states. The United States includes the states, and the states include the District of Columbia. And you put those two together, you realize that the United States, when used in the context of the tax code, means the District of Columbia. Uh, and these things are not something that you would just pick up from from reading. It actually took a while to 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 to, to figure out every little bit of, bit of these details. Um, so anyway, did you have another question? Because I, I want to address your question and the questions of your audience as well. Well, I'm I'm concerned that, and I did go through the website, and I did see some people claiming to have gotten money back. I I couldn't really match the numbers to how much they said they got. The numbers seemed to not qualify. But I'm, you know, trying to read while I'm listening to you at the same time, and it's more important to engage in a conversation with you than it is to uh, do research on this webpage. And what was the name of the webpage again? Uh, 
It is uh, losthorizons.com slash um, bulletin board, I believe. Right, and if it, people need to get that website, they can go to our podcast. Uh, that's archives.freetalklive.com. That's archives.freetalklive.com. They can get the, that link and um, do their own research here, which is all I'm asking. Right, do your own research. You, I, nobody wants to, you know, I, I don't want you to just do it, like, uh, based on not understanding, just based on copying someone's homework. you got to do your own homework. By the way, that... that uh, uh, that link is on page two of the PDF, which I created for your listeners that they can download. Um, yes. So I guess the other thing that is really important uh, as far as what I've learned is that it is not the government which is actually at fault. You know who's at fault for making you pay the income tax or the tax on federal income? It's actually the person bearing false witness against you. So, for example, uh, you go work, let's say you go work for Walmart, right, just an example. Um, When you work for Walmart, Walmart will ask you to fill out a W-2. And in that W-2, it will use the terms of art defined by the IRS, namely employee, employer, and wages. And as I said earlier, all those are technical terms. And they are subject to the to the syntactual ambiguity, um, and the and the and the logical fallacy of equivocation. So when you say employee, an employee is defined very very specifically as an employee, an elected official, an officer of the United States, or Bear, an officer of the can they hold me liable for not knowing these terms? I mean, do I need a lawyer yes. to determine you need yourself? Okay. You, need, you need to know your. You need to know this stuff for yourself, because again, um, by the way, they're not. We're not dealing with lawyers. What we're dealing with is attorneys, and there's a big difference well, between. When I when I read lawyers. the word wages, I think I know what that means. When I read the term employee, I think I know what that means, and um, you know all the rest of these terms, and, and income, and that's where you you deceive yourself. Because the word wages mean uh, government pay for government service. It's remuneration for services performed by an employee for his employer, where an employer means the person for whom an employee performs any service. These are all very, very technical terms, and they're spun together as to confuse you. And if you don't actually read it for yourself, you will never know what they mean. The bottom line is employer means government. Employee means the employee of government or an officer of a corporation. And the word wages mean government pay for government service. For example, so, well, I, I got I got you. I, I just, yeah. you know, there's so many things I have to sort of, you know, talk about on this one. Yeah. When my good friend, Ian Freeman, was in a trial, um, they spent very, you know, for tax evasion, four counts of tax yeah. evasion. They spent yeah. very, 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 very little time talking about taxes and the avoidance thereof, um, you know, the whatever deceptions he might have used or whatever. Right. But the jury mm-hmm chose to find him guilty on this. Now, what that said to me is, is that, um, you know, I better not ever, ever, ever get myself into a situation 
where I'm sitting in front of a jury and waiting on a fair trial. Um, what it said to me is, is that a jury uh, of ignoramuses is a deadly thing for one's liberty because this, these 12 people, 12 people agreed. There wasn't one person among these 12 people that's thought that a man who didn't, who was not told how much he owed, not even close, not even given some yeah. notion, was not asked for money, was not like, you know, everything you could imagine as far as tax evasion would go, like there wasn't a piece, there wasn't a single fact that was presented. In fact, the IRS agent, the IRS agent sat on the stand and when asked by the attorney whether it is possible that Ian Freeman owes nothing, she said yes. The jury of his peers found him guilty and sent him to prison for eight years. And... okay. All I can say is, boy, dear God, I don't want to go there talking to them about wages and all this other stuff. I just yeah. want to never be in you're, front of those people. You're absolutely right. And let me, uh, and that's why I've, I've addressed that, by the way. So if you go to the PDF that I wrote um, under FAC, that's uh, Frequently Asked Questions, um, there's a, p- a part uh, on number five on page 22. Okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about the, the guy named Lazy Larry. Lazy Larry works for a fair false witness. He blindly copied someone else's example for his tax return, but didn't study the law for himself. And although the, initially the government gave him his money back, a few la- years later the IRS threatened him with a $5,000 frivolous returns penalty. And after months of arguing, the IRS rejected all of Lazy Larry's assertions and summoned him to tax court, where he eventually lost and was forced to pay tens of thousands of dollars. Where did Larry, Lazy Larry go wrong? That's a very important question, right? Because that's a question that addresses what what most people fear. Now, let me let me let me read what what Larry did uh, right. La- Lazy Larry rightly asserted that he was not a taxpayer. He was not an employee, and he did not receive wages from an employer. What he forgot is that he who asserts bears the burden of proof and that he cannot prove those assertions to the negative. In other words, he can't prove I'm not a, pa- a taxpayer or that I am not an employee or so and, and, and so forth. And further, it was not the IRS who imposed the, the liability. It was actually bare false witness, the person Larry labored for. It was bare false witness who ignored the law and falsely claimed that he paid Lazy Larry remuneration for services when, as a private person, he was not, in fact, an employer and did not hire actual government employees, nor was he a recipient of government services. Thus, bear false witness. Now, bear, I mean, the IRS knows whether I'm the government or not, if I, I, as an employer, am the government or not. And them taking my word for it, um, you know, the, them tossing out a bunch of uh, terms and then taking my word for it that I'm the government sounds absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's what they depend on you to believe, because when you believe that things are ridiculous and it can't be that bad or the, that simple or that way, then you've just uh, allowed them to um, assert the presumption that are that those are which are false. So well, my, these are, these are my presumption, to be clear, my presumption is this. 
that the people in government are parasites and that the parasites have convinced themselves that they deserve whatever amount of money that they can get because people have been paying them all along and that they are that that they have written laws that give them the quote unquote right to be able to do so that's what my assumption is my assumption is, well, is assumption that i is, is, is unfortunately it's not right because what what you're assuming is that you are um less powerful than you actually are now remember but you're talking about the powers given to me by the government that the government is then trying to take away from me, Bear. I mean, like there's no, this the, the sort of greater government that powers. sits above the government or something. Well, hold on. The government never gave you any powers. You gave the government powers. No, and I you didn't. Consented. <laughs> you consented. Oh, no, you did. You did. You know why you did? Because who makes the laws, my friend? Isn't it your representatives who wrote up the laws and, and put them into papers? I've written, I've voted for very few of these people, but go ahead. All right, but but the point is the point is all powers, all just powers of government come from the consent of the governed. At least in theory, and at least in theory, you are the one that wrote the tax law. You and every American out there delegated his or her authority to write the tax code. So what is the government supposed to think? I can tell you this: the government assumes that you know that what what you wrote. And how it applies, and what it's supposed to do. Well, After I think all, the government the does think that, Bear. That's the what those twelve people thought. Those twelve people thought that Ian was a bad man that had evaded his taxes, and they sent him to prison. I, I was at your at, at Ian's I knew you were. the same yeah. as, same you, as you. You were, um, and what I what my observation was, it was that his attorney did not fight jurisdiction. His attorney left out a lot of presumptions unchallenged. And you know what an unchallenged presumption becomes? It becomes true under the law. Sure. sure. And the fact that he didn't presu- he didn't challenge those presumptions uh, was is a, is a legal error. And and again, he's not a lawyer. I keep telling you this, he is an attorney. An attorney is not necessarily a lawyer. A lawyer is not an attorney. A lawyer is one who knows the law. An attorney is one who delegates your agency uh, for representation purposes. For example, uh, a, a um, an attorney, um, what do they call it? Attorney, uh, the uh, power of attorney, right? So I could I could have anybody on the street be a power of attorney for my purposes of let's say uh, being sick at the hospital for a week or for whatever reason. Sure. They don't have to be lawyers. They have they have no uh, requirement. There's no requirement for them to actually know the law. The same way that attorneys who represent uh, their clients in court um, are not really knowledgeable about the law, or if they are, they only know enough um, or are willing to fight enough as long as it's com- it's incompatible. It's compatible with the jurisdiction. That's presented to them. Then they go and get, um, become a part of the bar and lose all integrity. Yeah, and then maybe they do that. But again, I'm not. I'm not going to point fingers because I, I. I know that there's different people in different places in different situations. Some of them are good people as well. I don't. I don't well, exclude that. As, as I a, believe as I withdrew my consent by choosing to leave the United States government, uh, the, 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 their jurisdiction. Right, like I left the land that they own. And no, I'll tell you why you didn't. I'll tell you why you didn't. When I was in Iraq, all right, we saw guys uh, go on missions. 
what, what? Hold right. there, the, there is there, I do want to hear music. more of this. Um, if you don't okay. mind staying on, I'll, I'll talk to you on the break. It's Free Talk sure. Live, 603-283-6160. You can call in. We are having an interesting conversation with Bear Arms about lawful tax avoidance. 603-283-6160 if you have any questions for him. We'll be right back. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to C1, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat, or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. <laughs> 